This exhortation was brought to you by the Light Bearers, bringing light until there's no more darkness. Nice to be here. It's nice to be here again. It's been such a long time. Um, today, I I would just like us to I would like us to pray at I mean, which is one of the reasons why we are gathered already. Uh, we were praying at the end, and um, just as some of you may know that um, yesterday was Nigeria's independence. Uh, Nigeria celebrated its independence, um, but there are a lot of things to look at. There are a lot of things to um, to pray about to commit um, the country of Nigeria into our hands. Uh, into God's hands. I believe that many of us have um, some roots here and it would be nice for us to do it. Uh, and as we do it, you can also in the same breath um, try to pray for um, whatever you might be. You see that in the prosperity of whatever place you are, you also you also benefit of it. And it's very important um, to do that. Um, but before I talk about that, um, before we go ahead to pray about Nigeria, it's it's good to set the tone for it, um, and I want to I want to couch that tone in the context of of going to work. It's, and that's exactly the title I gave it: it's "Go to Work." Is it because sometimes many Christians think that we are helpless? Many times um, we want to surrender things to the hands of helplessness. I want to just allow things slide and allow. I mean, we don't have, we don't, we don't think that we know what to do. We don't think that we have what it takes to take on certain things. And because of that, we just, we just give in. Because of that, we just, we just let things go. But you see, our very existence is, is an existence to change things. Our very existence is an existence to make things work. Hallelujah. We'll start from John chapter 9. And I'll just read a familiar scripture to us there. Um, which almost paints a story of what exactly I'm saying. John chapter 9. And we'll start from verse 1. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. So he saw a blind man that was blind from his birth, never seen. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? This man or his parents, that he was born blind? What a question. So who sinned that, that this man was born blind? Who, who can we put this blame on? Who, what exactly is the problem? Why? Why will anyone be born blind? Why? He, who's, who's to be blamed? Can we just put this in on somebody and, 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 and then we'll be justified in our mind to say, okay, this was the reason why he was born blind. He has sinned. Ah, God punished him. Um, his parents have sinned. Good for them. Or things like, aha, uh-huh. like what exactly was the point of this question? What They just wanted to know because Jesus has... Um, is able to, I mean, he has knowledge, he has access to knowledge, and they have known that by experience, just for Jesus to tell them, and then they can be justified in their minds to see a blind man that has that has never seen, just keep roaming the street that way. Look at Jesus' answer. Jesus answered, he says, none of them had sinned, neither this man nor his parents have sinned. He said, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. 
He said, I must walk the walks of him that sent me while it is day. I must walk the walks of him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no one can walk. As long as I'm in this world, I am the light of the world. As long as I'm in this world, I'm the light of the world. What a perfect answer to this thing. Many times we see situations that, that, that beat our imagination sometimes. Sometimes we see things that, that seem to be insurmountable. This is the attitude that God wants us to have regarding situations and conditions. To say that I am the light of the world. It doesn't matter what has happened. It doesn't matter what has caused whatever thing. That's not the point right now. The point is that the man is blind. The point is that the man cannot see. Can something happen? Can something be done? The answer is an emphatic yes. Why? Because Jesus is there. He says, as long as I'm in this world, I am the light of the world. He says, I must do the works of God. I must go to work. Whatever thing that you are seeing, whatever, whatever thing that looks like darkness, whatever thing that looks like you don't understand, whatever thing that looks like helplessness, or one reason why you want to blame another, Jesus said, I don't need to know what the issue is. I don't need to know how we got there. I don't need to know for what reason. I don't care. All I know is that I must do the works of God while it is there. And what does it mean that while it is there? While it is there. While somebody like that is around. It says the night comes when no one can walk. It says there will come a time when he that let it will be taken out of the way. And then we will not be able to do things. The Bible says that the evil and darkness will fill this world. Is it? But the reason why that cannot happen is because we are around. But before I jump ahead of myself, before I, I, I try to put it on us, Jesus was saying here that I'm the light of the world. And this helpless situation, this thing that looks like cannot be surmounted. All that is needed here is work. All that I need to do is work. Once I do the works of God, things will happen in this place. Why? I'm the light of the world. Hallelujah. You see, we can do something. We can actually do something about every situation. I don't know what it is that you have been through. I don't know what it is that you are almost going to surmount. I don't know what it is that might ever come your way. I don't know whatever it is. We can do something. That's the attitude that God wants us to have. Not surrendering, surrendering things to helplessness or blaming others or even blaming ourselves for whatever thing. Maybe we have the reason why things are happening as a result of mistakes that we have made or somebody else has made. doesn't matter. We can change things. Hallelujah. We can change things. Isaiah 54. Isaiah chapter 54. From verse 17, just 17, and then I'll go back a little bit. Isaiah 54 and verse 17. Very popular scripture, we know that. It says, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. No weapon that is formed against you that can prosper. It says, every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. It says, but there's no weapon that is formed against you that shall prosper. 
I thought that it would make it happen such that it didn't just touch you. No, he says you can do something about it. He says every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. You can do it. Why? You are the light of this world. This is the essence of man. You can change things. You can, you can, you can give boundaries to things. You can say, yeah, you have come and no further. He says, you shall condemn. He says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This ability to ensure that no weapon that is formed in any way can prosper. To ensure that no, no, no voice that rises up against you in, in, in judgment can have effect. If you read on from, from, from verse 15, it says, Behold, they shall gather. Surely they will gather, but not of me. Whosoever shall gather for your sake shall fall for your sake. It says, Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals on the fire, and that brings forth an instrument for his work. And I've created the waster to destroy. No weapon that is formed against you. I've ensured that these things cannot happen. However, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. They will take a stand. They will take a stand. My servants will take a stand. And he said, when they take a stand, that they are standing is of me. Their righteousness is of me. The ability to do this thing is of me because I have made it happen that nothing can, can overpower them. That nothing that they say will not come to pass. Their righteousness, the reason why they can do it is because of me. However, they must take a stand. They must do the work. Hallelujah. Jesus called it work. This is God's essence for work. That a man can use it to make things better for others. Wherever you have seen things, whether it's not even about you, whether it's in somebody else's life, you can look at people's situation and you can bring help. You can look at people's situation and you can bring succor. That's what God wants. That by work, we can replenish this earth. We can replenish this earth. Replenishing might come to this earth by the reason of work. I told you that's the essence of man. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. I'll read from verse 4. It's supposed to be a lengthy read, but I, I'll, just, I'll just cut it short so that we can get to the point immediately and, and go on. Genesis chapter 2 from verse 4. It says, These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created. These are the generations. These are the offsprings of the heavens and of the earth in the day that they were created. He says, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens and every plant of the field before it was in the earth. Every plant of the field before it was in the earth. So there was a creation in the mind of God. We all know that. And then there was the bringing forth of it onto the earth. And every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord had not caused it to rain upon the earth. And there was no man to fill the ground. Actually, some other translations will have it. It says, because there was no man to fill the ground. Because if you have the King James Bible, there and was are in Italy. So you can actually remove them. So there was no one to actually till the ground. And therefore, there was no rain. Why? God wouldn't waste it. A man has to be present to do the work. Before things can start happening. 
Why are things in disarray? Why are things not working? No man. Why are things not doing well? No man. He said, when God's man stands in that place, things can begin to appear. He says, these are the generations of the heavens and the earth. This is how things came to be. From the mind of God, this is how things came to be. There was no man to till the ground. Therefore, no tree was in the, in the earth. No herb was made. Not one. Not one herb grew on this earth. Not one tree spring forth. Not one. Beyond the creation of God, in, in, in his mind, as, as we have seen, there was nothing that was created until man happened. We read on from it and it says that they, they went forth a mist from the ground and the Lord formed the man out of the mist and the Lord planted a garden eastward in Eden after he had made the man. So there was not one created outside of man's being. Look at verse 15. It says, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to dress it and to keep it. That is to walk. Everything that God was going to do was totally hinged on this man. It was hinged on this man. Until this man was formed, there was nothing. Even rain would not fall because it would be a waste. Even rain couldn't fall. It's a waste of resources without work. The presence of man became the springboard of all creation. It became the springboard of the garden. Man became literally the light of this world. He gave it meaning. He gave it essence. Without him, there was no reason to be a garden. There was no reason to have herbs. There was no reason to have trees. There was no reason to have rain. He gave it essence. He gave it, it was the light of the world. It was from him that all things, because of him, all things were created. We already know that. But it was also in his care that creation was left. Hallelujah. Man was created and meant to walk and to do these works of God. Man, that's how we are created. We are created to fix things. We are created to do stuff. Hallelujah. No excuses about anything being the reason why things are not working. You see, because the energy that is was created, that we look at situations and we are able to change things. Situations are looking and waiting on us to take actions. You see, a blind man, blind from birth, waiting for the manifestation of the Son of God. That's what Jesus was saying. Not that the sickness was on him because God just wanted to show his power. No, but that anywhere you see the work of darkness, Anywhere you see things not working, anywhere you see things not being replenished, it's that a man can fix it. It's that the light of this world can fix it. As long as there's a man in this place, as long as there's a light in this place, those things can change. So there are no reasons that are valid enough to stay on in that sickness. No reason valid enough to stay on in that poverty. No reason enough to stay on in that pain. To stay on whatever it is, no reason enough because you are around. Hallelujah. Because we are around. That's the same thing Jesus said in John 9. He says, As long as I'm in this world, as long as he's in the world, he's the light of the world. And therefore, he must walk. Walk in that case was, was getting a blind man to see, destroying the works of the enemy as regarding sight. And you know, that's what the Bible says in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. That for this cause was the Son of God manifest, 
says that they might destroy the works of the devil. This is why the Son of God came. This is why it was manifested. That he may put light to the works of the devil. That he might show darkness away. That he might bring light to darkness and totally show the works of the devil. This is why he came. To dispel darkness. To dispel hot. Everything Satan can do. To kill, to steal, and to destroy. For this reason he was manifest. That he might destroy them. Hallelujah. This is why Jesus came. That he might destroy the works of the devil. That he might destroy the works of the devil. Acts chapter 10. The same thing there. Acts chapter 10. Reading from verse 36. It says, The word which God sends unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of all. He says, that word I say, you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism that John preached. He says, our God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went forth doing good and healing all them that were oppressed of the devil. Why? Because God was with him. Because God was with him. This was the thing that was published around. This was the thing that everybody knew. That Jesus was going about bringing to the end the work of Satan wherever he saw it. Why? Because God was with him. Because God was with him. This was the work he was doing. Dispelling darkness. Destroying the works of the devil. Going about doing good. Healing them that were oppressed of the devil. He says because God was with him. And it's very vital to know that because God was with him. And that is the very clause that we include all of us. Because God was with him. You see, if you can find a means to show that God is with us, every work of Jesus we also can do. As Jesus said that he is the light of the world, and that as long as he is in this world, he is the light. We can say the same about us. Matthew chapter 15, from verse 12 to verse 13. They came to Jesus. Jesus had preached the storm. And they had said unto him, the Sadducees and the Pharisees are mad at the things that you said. He said, I don't care. He says, every tree that my father has not planted, my work is to uproot it. That is my work. I will uproot every tree, everything that my father has not planted. Let me not just paraphrase and read it. Matthew 15 and verse 13. It says, but Jesus answered and said, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted shall be rooted out, shall be rooted up. See, that's God's plan. See, there are a lot of things that have been planted by Satan. There are a lot of things that the enemy has done. There are a lot of things that are not the way that they are supposed to be. Why? Because an enemy has done this. You see, our work is to read out those things. Since every tree that my father has not planted, I will root it out. Remember, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This is something you and I can do. When we are gathered together like this, we can do this stuff. Hallelujah. And Jesus never left us in doubt about our abilities to do it. You see, although it was prophesied that it's for his seed that, that, that Jesus did these things, that Jesus died and went to hell and was raised again, that is for his seed that he actually did it. Jesus never left us in doubt about equating that calling to us. 
Isaiah chapter 53. Just some quick one. Isaiah 53. From verse 10. It says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. That is talking about Jesus, the Messiah. It says, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He had put on him, he had put him to grief. When thou makes his soul an offering for sin, he says, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. Hallelujah. He says, when you make him an offering for sin, when he's on that cross, while he's there, he says, he shall see his seed and he shall prolong his days. He will be looking at his seed and he will prolong his days. Joy will come to him because his days will be prolonged through that sacrifice. He says, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. He says, the pleasure of the Lord is supposed to prosper in the hands of the seed. It's supposed to prosper in our hands. We are that seed that he saw. Hanging upon the cross, being made an offering for sin. While the Lord put him to grief, he saw his seed. Hallelujah. And Jesus prolonged his days. His days are actually prolonged with us. His days are prolonged with you. His days are prolonged with me. Hallelujah. The Psalm 22. And in studying, I actually found this correlation between Psalm 22 and what happened on the cross. And maybe I have time to explain it, or maybe another time. Psalm 22. Of course, we know what Psalm 22 is about. Starting from verse 1. My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Verse 18, just to make it clear who, who is talking about. He says, they parted my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. Remember, Jesus was on the cross and all this happened. Jesus made these statements too. I'll read from verse 21 now. He says, save me from the lion's mouth. These are the words coming out from his mouth. As it were, the words coming out from Jesus' mouth. Because this was about him. Of course, anytime you read it in the Psalms, sometimes it's... In this time, it was prophecy, but some of the times also it was something that was happening in the life of David or whoever wrote the psalm. But just to see, this was still prophecy. I'm talking about Jesus. He says, Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorn. He says, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. Remember how he started, My God, my God, how, why have thou forsaken me? Look at what he's saying now. He says, I will declare your name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. He's already looking upon brethren. From, from, from talking about you have forsaken me to now a focus on the brethren. He says, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You that fear the Lord, praise him, all the seed of Jacob. Glorify him, for he had not despised nor abode the, the affliction of the, of the afflicted. Then as he hid his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he heard. It says, my praise shall be of thee. In the great congregation, I'll pay my vows. He said, the meek shall, shall eat and be satisfied, and they shall praise thee. On and on he goes. Verse 30. He says, a seed shall serve him. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. These are the ruins of Jesus. These are the ruins of the Messiah on the cross. He says, they shall come. Verse 31. They shall come and shall declare his righteousness. Unto a people that shall be born. That he had done this. Hallelujah. This is what the Lord saw. This is what he saw on the cross. 
while he hung there. If you read from Matthew's account and, and Mark's account, Bible tells us that while Jesus hung on the tree, he, he made two cries. The first one at the ninth hour. But my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? And just some verses after the Bible says that Jesus made a loud voice again. And then he yielded up the ghost. In, in, in studying, I think that starting out on the ninth hour, he began to rehearse Psalm 22. From Psalm 22, when he got to the end about this, his revealing of his righteousness to a people that shall be born, he came out in a loud voice and then yielded the ghost. I think he ran the whole, he meditated the whole of Psalm 22 on that cross from, from the ninth hour before he yielded up the ghost. Why? Because his focus is on his children. He said he shall see his seed and he shall prolong his days. Jesus was glad about doing this. He knew what he was doing. He was not doing this for a joke. He did it for you and I. He saw us and he yielded up the ghost. He knew it was done. He knew what he was doing was effective. He knew what he was doing was done. Deal. Hallelujah. John chapter 20. To leave you without no doubt. John chapter 20 and verse 21. He says, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. As the Father has sent me, so send I you. Mark chapter 16. Mark 16 from verse 15. Hallelujah. Mark 16 from verse 15. It says, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You see that every creature, every creature, not just man, every creature. See, this is our calling. This is something we are supposed to do. Not allowing things to just lie and just go out of place. And maybe I'll have time to read in Psalm 82, where it says the foundations of the earth are just out of course because they do not know. It says, and he said unto them, Go into, into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. That's talking about you. They shall speak with tongues. Talking about you. Since they shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Talking about you. Hallelujah. Since they shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. We don't care what brought about the sickness. We don't, we don't care what brought about the ailment. Oh, you shall get into a thing and deliver them full stop. He says, so then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. And the Lord walking with if you have a King James Bible, then is in Italics, which means it was added. You can actually do without it. So this verse is not just about walking with them. Look at what it said. It says, and they went forth and preached everywhere. And the Lord walking with and confirming the word with signs following. What word? Go. What word? Go and do the works. Go about and preach the gospel. This word is what Jesus is working with. Every time this, this word is exalted, every time this word is spoken, things can happen. The works of God can be done. The works of God can be brought on the scene. It, it can be that Jesus and God is working with us and ensuring signs following. 2 Corinthians 5 from verse 17 to 21 says the same thing. That God has committed unto us the ministry of reconciliation. To which that God is now in us as it was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. So God is with us. Just like he said in Acts chapter 10, 
38, that for God was with him. That was the reason why he could cast out devils. That was the reason why he could be doing good. Even them that were oppressed of them before, God was with him. In the same manner, God is with us now. He has committed unto us the ministry of reconciliation. You see, we can change things. We can do stuff. You see, this doesn't paint the picture of one that is needing aid or support. Or one running elter-skelter for his life, for the life of a loved one. Or one being tossed to and fro by the dictates of a few people in power. Or by the dictates of, of being governed or having one's life determined by a few bad policies. Because one person is saying something, things you now think that your life is all dependent on that. And we don't see beyond what one person or two people can do. You see, what God has done is bigger than all this. See, the picture is of one that can change things. Our picture is of one that is not having hopeless situations. There are no hopeless situations for us because we can do things. We can change things. So all we've got to do is work and things will be put in place. I thought about Psalm 82. I know many of us have, have read that before. Maybe I'll just read it. And as we begin, I'm just setting the tone, like I mentioned, for us to pray. Psalm 82 from verse 5. It says, they know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness, and the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said that you are gods, and all of you children of the Most High. But you shall die like men. And fall like one of the princes. Wow. He says, because you do not know. Because you do not understand. You keep on walking in darkness. And keep on allowing things around you to just fall out of place. And allowing things just happen. And you are almost like the disciples that are asking, who sinned? The man or his parents? Why is this happening? We don't know. And air of, of helplessness around. Things are just out of place and you are just okay with that. Gee, God said it is not normal. He says the foundations of the earth are out of course. Things are not the way they are supposed to be. But you can do something about it because I have said that you are gods. And all of you children of the most high. He says, but you die like men. men. You do like men. men. You walk on like one of the princes. You see, we are not one of them. We can change things. I know we like many people praying together and then we can, we can do things by the prayer of so many people. You see, we can change things by the prayer of one man. Two people battalion with God. One man is too much. Hallelujah. It's just enough. All God is looking for, just one man to pray. And so the Bible tells us in James chapter 5, when we read from verse 17 to verse 18, it talks about Elijah being a man. He says, Elijah was a man. He was a man of like passions. One man prayed and it didn't rain for the space of three and a half years. And he prayed again and it rained. One man. One man. One man that would not allow the darkness to go on. If need be, you will suspend the laws of nature to ensure that, the, that God's will is done. One man. You see, you can be that person today. You can be that or we can be those people today that will take on things and ensure that the will of God is done.
that we ensure that the will of God is done in our land, that we ensure that the will of God is done everywhere around us. Acts chapter 12 from verse 1 to verse 5. Another story, like Peter, Peter was taken and was going to be killed like James was killed. But the church went to work. The church, instead prayer was made without season of the church for Peter. They went to work and they could do stuff. See, all these are about prayer. Elijah, Peter, but you see the same thing. Jesus, many times, the Bible says that Jesus, the Bible spoke about Jesus speaking to the storm. In this case, about the man, Jesus didn't need to pray. Jesus spat on the ground and made clays of ice. Sometimes Jesus spoke to the fig trees. Another time he walked on the water, just suspending the law of nature, ensuring that the thing that he wants to get done will be done. Not just in praying. Sometimes it's about speaking things. Hallelujah. Not just standing long to pray. Sometimes it's taking a stand. Will our people just take a stand? Will my people take a stand? He says, in righteousness shall you be established. And you shall be far from terror. He says, but the righteousness is of me. He says, every mouth that rises up against you in judgment, you must condemn it. He says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. We must take a stand. Hallelujah. He says, sometimes this is, I mean, this work is not just, maybe just making God's power available as far as far in prayer and ensuring that things are happening. Sometimes it's, 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 sometimes it's about bringing solutions from, from wherever. Because it's about replenishing the earth. Not just, this work, the work is not just prayer alone. But in this case, we are channeling it to talk about prayer. But it can be many things too. It can be to deliver solutions that will governize this world, that will solve many of mankind's issues, issues that evil men have planned and have orchestrated. That some just because they have never been touched, because they have never been taught, men have never said, No more, we are no more allowing this. The Bible says in Psalm 110, if you read from verse 1 to verse 3, it says, My Lord said to my Lord, sit on my right hand. Till I make your enemies your footstool. From verse 3, verse 3 says, or verse, even verse 2 says that I will send for the rod of my strength out of Zion. It says, rule thou in the midst of your enemies. He sends his rod out of Zion. It's out of his assembly. It's out of us that God's rod comes. He says, in the day, verse 3, in the day of your power, your people shall be willing. He said, because it's through his people, it's through the instrumentality of this is people, that change can come. That God's power can be made manifest on this earth. It's through the instrumentality of his people that God's power can be seen. He says, sit on my altar and make your enemies your footstool. That's how God's enemy will be made his footstool. Hallelujah. You see, in this time, we're just going to do the work in praying regarding, like I mentioned, Nigeria. And we're going to speak God's light and peace over this region. See, that prosperity for his people might come, that the gospel might thrive in this land, that people will do well, that God's people will do well. His word is the answer for all generations. It will never be tainted. It will never be broken. This is our confession. Just